Maken Carlson's Diary Chapter 11 A Strange Story December 1, 1568 It was a white world I looked out upon from my bedroom window this morning. For some weeks past we have had wild, wintry weather with frequent showers of snow, but last night there was a heavy fall, and when the sun shone brightly, as it did for a little while after breakfast, I thought I had seldom seen anything more beautiful than the almost unbroken lines of white-roofed houses, while the icicles that hung from the rigging of the ships in the harbor, or from the branches of leafless trees, glittered and sparkled in the sunshine till I thought the diamonds I once saw worn by the Duchess on some state occasion were not so bright and beautiful. But about noon the weather changed again. Heavy clouds covered the sky, while showers of sleet made the day anything but a pleasant one. And now, as I have finished my task of needlework, Trichon is busy in the storeroom, and Mother and Aunt Ursel have gone to carry some nourishing food to a sick neighbor, I will try to fill a few pages of my MS book with the strange, sad story of what happened in Antwerp two days after the procession, in honor of the Virgin Mary, I have already named. We hoped that when the wild, disorderly crowd had tired themselves out with hooting and shouting they would disperse, and go quietly to their homes. But all through the night groups hung about the door and windows of the cathedral. No one seemed to know what was going to happen, but they were ready for any mischief. The day of the procession had been a public holiday, and on the following no one seemed ready for work. Several friends, who feared an outbreak, tried to induce them to go away, but were only able to succeed with a few of the better disposed. On the morning of the third day a crowd had collected, an old woman who used to sit on the marble steps leading to the porch, selling tapers, medals and small pictures of the so-called saints who had shrines or chapels within the great building, had her basket snatched from her and her stock and trade scattered on the ground. Soon after the mob entered the beautiful old church, and the work of destruction began. A fight took place between a young sailor, a devout Romanist, and a man in a ragged, black cloak, who had mounted one of the pulpits and was saying rude, mocking things about the begging friars and their ways, both fell, rolling together down the pulpit steps, and the crowd grew every minute more excited and angry. Images were torn from their places and dashed against the walls, or thrown upon the marble pavement. The great image of Mary was dragged round the church with ropes, and then broken into a thousand pieces. No women were present but a few of the lowest class who, with yells and coarse jests urged the men and boys to finish the work they had begun. And yet, strange though it may seem, no lives were lost, even the old taper woman was protected from injury. The golden jewels were not stolen, but thrown into dark corners, or left among the broken fragments, as if they were things of no value. We did not think it would be wise or safe to go out of doors while the tumult lasted, but a day or two after Trichon came in from the market crying bitterly. I had not seen her in tears since the night of my dear father's arrest, and putting my arms coaxingly round her neck, I begged her to tell me the cause of her trouble. For some minutes she seemed unable to speak, at last she said, with great sobs almost choking her voice, the saints. The blessed saints. They are torn to pieces. For a moment I felt quite puzzled, for I did not know of what had been taking place in the church, so I said, not the saints in heaven, dear Trichon, they are safe. Oh, yes, she answered, still weeping, thank God. The mob cannot touch them. Is it the saints in Holland? I asked eagerly, has King Philip given fresh power to the Inquisition? Are there to be more burnings or drownings in Antwerp? If so, 
I have heard nothing of them, was her reply, it is the saints in the cathedral I mean, they are all broken to shivers, heads, arms and legs strewn about in every direction, and the beautiful robes of the Virgin Mary all embroidered with gold, and sparkling with gems, are torn to shreds. Oh, that I should have lived to see this! Poor Trichon! She threw herself into a chair, covered her face with her hands, while large tears dropped through her fingers and fell thick and fast upon her spotless apron. I was deeply touched by the sight of her sorrow. At last I said, I am sorry, very sorry, that so much mischief has been done, but the images are only wood or marble. They could not feel the blows that were showered upon them. But still Trichon refused to be comforted. From the cathedral the mob went to the other city churches, where the same work of destruction was carried on. Mother says that the story of the seven days and nights during which the Antwerp fury lasted will always be a blotted, tear-stained page of our country's history. The Duchess was very angry, and it needed all the influence of her friends and advisers to prevent her from flying in hot haste from her palace at Brussels. I hardly know whether the Romanists, or we of the Reformed faith, were most troubled about this outbreak. The Romanists were angry because their images had been destroyed, we were deeply grieved, for all the blame of it was laid at our doors, and we feared what might follow. For a little while all seemed quiet, and we began to indulge some faint hope that the storm might blow over. But only a few months passed, and on a bright morning toward the end of May, the old cruel edicts of persecution, revised and rewritten, were once more exhibited on the doors of public buildings, or posted at the corners of the principal streets, and as we read, it seemed as if for us all the brightness had faded out of the glorious spring day, for we were reminded that all grown persons who had attended a field preaching might, if the charge was proved against them, be hurried off to prison. Or even sent to the gallows, little children were to be beaten with rods, while all who had sung Protestant hymns at the burial of a relation, or bought any of the forbidden books, or said a word against a priest, were under sentence of death, all their property would be claimed by the Inquisition, half of it being given as a reward to the person or persons who had informed against them. For a little while we were afraid to speak, almost to breathe, for there was not a single member of the little company in Antwerp who wished to worship God according to the teaching of his word against whom it would not have been easy to prove one or more of the offenses named in the edict. But the king, we heard shortly afterwards, considered the edict far too mild and merciful, and, acting upon the advice of the cardinals, had ordered the Duke of Alva to enter the Netherlands, with as large a force as he could collect, and crush out heresy. No one was to be spared. Fire and sword were to do their worst, and truly, as Sir von Delft had said, the whole nation lay under sentence of death. We had not had a letter from father for more than a month, and were getting anxious for his safety, when one night, just after supper, we were startled by a loud knocking at the front door. As Trichon opened it, we saw our unlooked for, and certainly unwelcome visitors were the chief constable of Antwerp, followed by a party of the servants of the Inquisition under the command of one or two petty officers. The constable handed a paper to Trichon, telling her in a gruff, harsh voice to give it to her mistress, and not keep honest people waiting in the cold. It was an order giving them liberty to search the house for forbidden books, as such were known to be in the possession of Mark and Constanza Carlson. Mother turned pale, and I felt as if my heart stood still with fear, for there was hardly a drawer or cupboard in our house that did not contain some book or letter, the possession of which would be treated as a crime worthy of death. She moved a few steps forward, but would have fallen if Trichon had not caught her, and placed her in a chair. Stay where you are, she whispered, I will go, I understand these people better than you do. And she led the party from room to room, opening cupboards, and shooing them the springs of secret drawers, 
with a politeness and seeming readiness that puzzled us greatly. But to their surprise and disappointment they found nothing. The papers in father's desk were contracts with regard to goods sent out from his factory, or receipts for monies paid to the wool merchant. They were baffled, and some spoke of leaving the house, when the constable cried out, Halt! I am too old at my work to lose the scent so easily. I came to find forbidden books, and I believe they are to be found. We may yet find a secret cupboard in the large bedroom. We trembled, for we knew that our most precious, as well as dangerous books, were hidden in the recess I had discovered in my place so long ago, and we were not sure that even Triken, dear, faithful Triken, knew their exact hiding place. But she still led the way, and even drew aside the bed hangings, saying, as she did so, the Carlsons, as everybody knows, come of as good a stock as any in the Low Countries, and every old family has its treasure cupboard. But we have no need to fear to open ours to you. The constables of Antwerp are no thieves, but keepers of the public peace. So saying, she pointed to the secret panel, it flew open at a blow from a heavy staff one of the men carried, and the search began. What did they find? A little plate, some old-fashioned gold and silver ornaments, dresses, and high-neck ruffles that had been worn by my father's grandmother sixty years before, but no books, till in the very far corner of an old press, the quick ear of one caught the rustle of paper and he dragged it out. Yes, there was a book, the leaves were yellow with age, and when he brought it to the light, which Triken still held, it proved to be an illuminated Roman Catholic mass book. Throwing it upon the floor with a gesture of contempt, he turned and left the house, followed by his men, while Triken made a great show of picking up the book, wiping the dust from its covers, and saying, in a very loud voice, that when she was young good books were not trodden underfoot. What became of our books? We do not know till this day, for Triken still keeps her secret, and as her courage and faithfulness have under God saved our lives, mother does not feel that we have any right to force it from her so we can only think that in some way she had received warning of the intended visit and buried or destroyed all that would have led to our arrest on the previous night. 